members of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Open phones here as we talk to you about your life and your money. Ken Coleman, number one best-selling author, Ramsey personality, host of the Ken Coleman Show, is my co-host today as we answer your questions. The phone number is 888-825-5225, 888-825-5225. Robin's in Charlotte, North Carolina, starting off this hour. Hey, Robin, what's up? Hi, Dave. Hi, Ken. Thank you for having me. Sure. What's up? I am currently 51 years old, and I live in my primary home, which I owe $205,000 on. I have a rental property that I owe $115,000 on. I was thinking about selling my primary residence, and with the proceeds paying off and moving into the rental, which I could pay off that house and have no mortgage. I would leave my current job where I make about 90000 and find a new job, which I may enjoy more and want and not need to make $90,000. Does this make any sense? I think it makes total sense. I mean, we got to walk through the financials on this, assuming that uh, you can sell the house at what you believe that uh, you can get for it and, and, and you can move through this. Because if, if you're sound financially, then then moving back in pay to do work that you love, then I'm fine with that. But but moving back and assuming that you have to move back in pay just to do something you enjoy at the uh, at the risk of putting yourself in bad financial shape or putting yourself in you know a tight situation is never a good move. So if you've got the margin. Uh, and you can do it. Sounds good to me. So let's play this out. You gave I mean, us all the well, other numbers. Well, well, Mr. Oh, I want to I ask. What well, would be wrong with making $120,000 a year doing something you loved? Why do you always have to move back and pay to do something you like? Well, that's, she a, that's an to. assumption. Well, we, it depends on the job. So what's that job that you would look at that would be less money that you love? Do you know? Dealing maybe more with animals. Okay, work, how working with animals and how much? It sounds like you haven't done a whole lot of research on this. Because the goal is to pay off the house. Right. It's but a peace of mind. I get that, but here's the deal. The way you set that up uh, is assuming that you can get a job that you really, really enjoy and still pays you plenty, whatever plenty needs to be. And I don't think you have a specific idea in mind, which means you don't have a plan. And you really don't know what that could look like. So I'd have to say, no, this doesn't make any sense until we have a clear destination of what we'd want to pivot into professionally. Because there are times, Dave, there are times if you move completely different uh, line of work where, you know, you don't have the earning potential that you would in another place. But that's not what's going on here. There's no work destination. It's just an idea. I want to work with animals and have less stress. Because people suck. Yeah, I go with that. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but you got to know how you're going to work with animals. You got to know where you would work with them, what it what it takes to get qualified, how much that costs, how long that takes. There's a lot there that you need to have clarity on before this makes any kind of sense, professionally. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go with Ken on that part of it. The um, 
yes, Robin, if you want to sell your house and pay off the rental and move in the rental and live debt free, that's not a bad idea at all. That's an awesome idea. Uh, what I don't like is the assumption that in order to do something you love, you have to make less. I do something I love. I paid off my house and I made more every year since then, every single year for 30 years. My income's gone up every single year and I made more in my life than I ever dreamed I would ever make in my yeah, life. Sure. A- and I'm not saying you have to go do that much, but, um, but you know, you can work with animals and, uh, I don't know, maybe you become a veterinarian and make $200,000 a year. Um, that's working with animals, so it falls in the bucket. Yeah, it's you know, very expensive to I, get that. I got it, I yeah. got it, I got it. But I'm just saying, this idea that, that we have to make less to do something we love, well, I agree that, that runs yeah. around all over the culture, and yeah. it just irks me. Yeah, sure, I get that. You, you ought to make more when you're doing something you love, because you ought to be better at it, more enthusiastic, uh, more productive, uh, learning becomes fun because you're learning about stuff you want to fool with. Well, I just want to give, and I agree with you, Dave. You're right about the sentiment. However, just for the broader audience here, I, there are I've talked to people on our show uh, here, and then and then and then on the Ken Coleman show where people said, "Hey, I want to transition from. I was in a corporate job, and I want to be a teacher." You know, that happens. So there are times where, you know, you're capped as a teacher. There are certain professions where you can't every year just keep going, going, going. You may get some in- incremental increases. That's the only caveat. And that's what I'm talking about. If you're really, if you feel like that's what you really want to do and financially you're able to absorb that, then that is a case where you'll go do something, work you love, and you'll make enough money. So, Robin, uh, hang on. We'll send you a copy of book, Ken's book, and it'll help you with the clarity part of the process. Uh, from paycheck to purpose read through that but you need to get a clearly defined career path yep. and start asking yourself the question what have i got to do to do that because um, otherwise you may end up making fifteen thousand dollars mm-hmm. um you know working part-time in the back of a veterinarian clinic uh shoveling animal stuff i mean i don't know i mean that's what could happen if you don't yep. have a plan here that's you exactly could really right. you could really take a dive i mean it could be bad so you really need to have this exactly what i want to do oh and by the way that pays sixty five thousand and not 90 and then that makes my move into the debt-free rental a lot of sense okay i'm i'll i'll shut up and go with you then but you need to have this very very much clarified neil is in raleigh north carolina hey neil what's up hey dave how you doing great man how can we help um, well, I, uh, my wife and I are in baby steps four and six, and um, in, in part to your guidance, we really appreciate that. Cool. Uh, my question for you today is uh, about a career path change. Um, so uh, I, I like the company that I work for, been there almost a decade, uh, make a, a, about um, 75 a year with quarterly bonuses, and that amounts to close to about 100000 a year. Um, my problem is that uh, there's no real career advancement. Um, I've been available for a promotion for some years now, being told uh, that I could move up, and uh, it hasn't happened. Um, and it, it seemed to be at a bit of a stalemate. I certainly want more of a challenge. Um, I received a job offer um, for another um, uh, another company, um, but it's only. And um, it's, it's not necessarily you cut, you in cut out. It's what only? Uh, it's commission only. Okay. Um, and, uh, their advancement plan, it's, it's a current sale, a field that I'm totally familiar with and, um, necessarily comfortable with. Uh, but I do know that, uh, that it would be a new challenge and the income potential would be much higher. 
Okay, cool. I'll tell you what. We come back from this break. We'll come back and talk about it. We'll also see if we can get your phone dialed in because whatever it is is skipping all over the place. I hope you're not selling that cell phone. Uh, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, be back. we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, George Camel here, and I'm so excited to tell you about the newest product from Ramsey. It's called Gazelle, and it's a digital banking experience that will help you spend and save the Ramsey way with banking services provided by Pathword NA. You'll get a single spending account with no monthly fees, and it's FDIC insured through Pathword NA. We're offering early access to our beta customers so you can help us make it the best experience it can be. Just go to RamseySolutions.com Gazelle to sign up for the waitlist today. events are in full swing tickets are selling really fast for our smart conference our all-day event experience that's in dallas texas on saturday october 22nd if you want to hear from world-class thought leaders who will refuel and empower you in every area of your life money career anxiety relationships marriage leadership join us at the smart conference the speaker lineup number one best-selling author of know yourself know your money and two other number ones rachel cruz Number one best-selling author of Own Your Past, Change Your Future, mental health and wellness expert, Dr. John Deloney, best-selling author and number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose, America's career, co- career coach sitting to my right, Ken Coleman, best-selling author and founder of Life Church, Craig Groeschel, his wife Amy, they'll be talking about marriage, the newest and hottest Ramsey personality that everybody's buzzing about. A fine print podcast host, George Camel, will be speaking. And some surprises as well. Oh, and I'll speak all day long, baby. All day long. And you're going to leave there tired and informed and smarter. That's why we call it the Smart Conference. It's only $39 to come to this thing. And, um, it, you know, it's an all day deal. It Our, our VIP Platinum event passes are sold out, but uh, we've got general admission passes available for $39. slash events now before the break we were talking to neil in raleigh and neil it sounded like you had a a good job currently making it was like 150 plus bonuses was it uh about a hundred thousand about a hundred thousand plus bonuses but there we no uh, uh no promotions coming and so you're thinking about jumping to this other place but the problem was it was straight commission and i think that's about how far we got before the break is that right yes sir okay so what do you think you'll make if you took the straight commission job? Um, I think I would probably start a little bit slow, be a step back um, based on my calculations, probably about 75. And then um, up from there, uh, I, I think I'm pretty good at selling. Um, certainly not selling a cell phone, as you mentioned. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I think I could probably make a, a good living. I don't know if that's something that I'll be passionate about and would end up looking for another career. Does it, does it give you the ability to get promoted there? Um, it it, it kind of has its upward ability, but um, I'm not quite sure about the structure of it all yet. 
Have you gone through the interview process, or are you still in the middle of it? I've been given the uh, the job offer, but um, I've actually I've got a few more conversations coming up um, with some additional questions before. Okay, I you got to dive in. You got to dive in there, and you got to mm-hmm. ask questions like, "Hey, listen, uh, you know what is the what is the company's policies, or what is the behavior like as it relates to developing people, and if you crush it, opportunities to get promoted." You say it that way. You don't ask for demands. But just, "Hey, what's 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 the process like? How does a person get promoted in this company?" That's a really good and thoughtful question, and it gives you a chance to kind of look at them in the eye and also process their answer. I would dive into that. The the concern I also have, Dave, is, uh, Neil, you mentioned, you know, I don't know that I would love the work. And you don't have to always love the work if we're climbing the ladder, okay? You do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. That's just the reality. But I would dive in a little bit more. You can get a hold of some people who are probably doing that kind of sales work. Uh, maybe you can talk to some people who are currently employed there. I would dig in a little bit and go, what's an average day look like? What's an average week look like? And I think you're smart enough to know yourself and be aware, is this something that I'm going to actually enjoy? Just because he's got a lid where he is, Dave, I don't want us to take the first thing that comes our way. We see a lot of regret in this job market where people moved for a paycheck, but they didn't do their whole homework to go, is this a place where I can grow? Yeah, we're seeing like 30% of the people that took new jobs in the last two years wish they didn't. That's correct. They took it for more money and walked into a toxic environment uh you know crazy these crazy companies doing all this crazy stuff and they walk into one of those things and you know they thought the place they used to work was everywhere and it wasn't and so you got to watch out for that but um so what i'm hearing if i'm getting the details right on neil's situation is you know he's making 100 plus bonuses but he's stuck he's got a ceiling Mm -hmm. um and he's frustrated with that yep and he should be sure okay uh uh but I'm not sure the right move is to take a straight commission job that you really don't even know if there's any promotion yet yes, available. That's correct. And he said it, it kind of sounded like, yeah, you can make more money and you just move up, but it's up to you. You just got to sell more. Mm-hmm. And so that does not sound like a move that satisfies, that scratches his itch. I have a lot of questions. That's why I really challenge him to dig a little bit more. You're right. This could be a good job, but is it the right job? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, okay, so you go down to seventy-five, but you could make up to two hundred someday, all on commission. But none of that involved really a promotion. It really just or or working your way or developing your leadership skills or moving up through leadership or something like that. It just involves selling more. That's correct. So let's say he gets in this. He said, "I don't know if I could be passionate about it." So let's just break that down in reality. He gets in, starts making money. Let's say he makes two hundred, but he's bored. He doesn't have any juice for what he's selling. The culture's not really great. Doesn't see a great future there. You get you get over that paycheck quick. He shouldn't take the job. I don't think so. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw another twist on it. See what you think of this. Oh, I like this. They offered him a straight commission job. That's not a hard offer to make. <laughs> You're right. But they are willing to hire a guy who admittedly is not super passionate about this. That's not somebody I want to work for. Mm-hmm. They're hiring bodies. It's true. They're not doing a good job. It's absolutely right. This is the number one fault. I just, what went through my head is I wouldn't hire him mm-hmm. if he told us, oh, I, you know, I, I'm not super passionate about this. Uh, that kind of is like ding, ding. Then we don't want, you know, <laughs> we right. actually 
want people that are like super passionate. I mean, you know, so we don't hire people that, you know, well, I'm just really looking for a job. (laughs) You know, you need to go somewhere else, dude, Mm -hmm. because we don't do that here. We're crusaders. We're mission driven. We're passionate about what we do, all of us. And you won't fit in around here. Um, And so, yeah, you shouldn't work for them because I'm not sure that they're not just throwing bodies to see what sticks. It's absolutely right. A lot of leaders do that. They're going, hey, we just need to fill the position and not thinking about this. And then the cost of time and money to replace him when he leaves really hurts the company. So you got to be careful. Don't take a good opportunity. Take the right opportunity. There's a difference. I've actually kind of, our leadership team in the last uh, three or four weeks has slowed down our hiring here. Yeah, great. We, We had a lot of positions open and we could still fill them. But we started getting worried that we were uh, adding people that were not as jazzed and jacked up as they should be. Well, you're right. And the data bears this out. People have gotten, on average, about a 14% bump. We've had uh, 48 million people, folks. The last 12 months, 48 million people have changed jobs in this country. Wow. It's extraordinary. And they're doing it because of, wait, it's my chance to get paid. But here's the deal. If you take a position that you do not have any meaning in the work there's no passion for it it doesn't produce results that you care about we call that mission and then the check wears off and it will you'll feel great for a couple of months but then the buzz of the promotion and the new job and the check wears off and then you're stuck again i'm telling you it happens all the time we're seeing they're calling them boomerang employees people that are coming back to the, or they're trying to they're calling their old companies and going hey can i come back yeah well you may have burned a bridge there. There may not be a path back. Well, I'll just tell you, we have a policy. We we occasionally rehire, but so occasionally our, our actual policy is we almost never rehire. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that the reason you left the first time will be the reason you leave again. And I really don't have time for this. I, I'm trying to get work done. That's correct. And um, so, you know, the same thing that, that buzzed you out the door before will buzz you out again. And so there's a few times we've let people come back very, very rarely, though. And some of them have worked out. But in the early days, I would just like, oh, yeah, come on back. I've got a friend that owns a bunch of restaurants. And he goes, I I got people who work for me four different times. They just keep coming back. You know, like a server will leave and go to another place. And the server will go. They'll go around the server horn and end up back at the same restaurant five years later. And he goes, so we just, we're, he looks at me like I got one eye in the center of my head when I say we don't rehire. But well, he, he rehires spend, all the time. He doesn't have to spend the time and money we do to train and properly put somebody in there. Well, and the restaurant business is two to three hundred percent turnover. Big time. So white wicked, wicked business. This is the Ramsey Show. Your memories are meant to be relived, not chewed up by the VCR or worn away with time. Converting your old media with Legacy Box stops fading in its tracks, so your home movies are safe forever, and you can trust Legacy Box. I've met the founders. They're right here in Tennessee, and they've helped over one million folks protect their memories. For a limited time, you can get started for just $9 a tape at LegacyBox.com slash Ramsey. That's LegacyBox.com slash Ramsey. Coleman Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Lisa is in Phoenix, 
Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thank you. What's up? So I purchased a home in March of 2021 for $675,000. I did a remodel of about $200,000. And of that, I had a partner, my ex-husband, he donated 157000 in the remodel. And the intention was that we would sell it in March of 2023, make a profit, do that a couple more times, and then be mortgage-free. So, so the issue is, this month, my ex-husband has decided, instead of waiting until March, he wants his money in August. So I have to come up with $157,000. And so my question is, should I take a home equity line of credit out of my current home or should I sell one of my investment properties, which I really don't want to do um, because I have equity in both of those homes. The home in question, are you living in it? I am. Okay. But your game plan, so was, to, would, your game plan was to sell it next spring. Yes. Okay. But the market has done and some really crazy things. And your ex-husband was your husband at the time that this all went together, right? No. No. No, he was my ex. We were just business partners. Okay. That's awkward and weird. Um, all right. Um, so I'm guessing then, based on the way this conversation is going, that you two um, did not do a partnership agreement. Correct, because he could not qualify. You for did this on a handshake. You have no written agreement. Correct. So he has no more right to decide he wants the money now than you do to deny it to him legally. Correct. So Correct. tell him to pound sand. Yes. Well, he has hired an attorney. So well, good. He to go to court and spend a lot of money on attorneys. Good. That's what he's going to have to do. He's going to use up some of his money on attorneys, I guess. Yeah, this is what happens when you're partners with your ex-husband. Oh my gosh, why is this not predictable? Um, so, uh, what's the downside of selling it now? Not to make him happy, because there's nothing in this conversation that makes me want to make him happy. And both of you ought to have your you butts know? kicked for not doing a partnership agreement that dictates the actual deal. Because this yeah. would have been solved. Uh -huh. Right now, it's a complete handshake, and so everybody just gets to freaking make it up as they go. And no wonder you ended up in a disagreement. But, yeah, so, the what happened, what's the downside of selling it now? Why don't you just go ahead and sell it and get out of it? It would be the capital gains. I wouldn't make the profit on it that I thought I would. And interest rates are twice as high as what I paid before. So, I would be getting a much smaller house for probably the same payment. Yeah, but you're, this, is also, this is not going to change substantially by next spring. I could sell one of my investment properties. No, wait a minute. The reason you just gave me for selling this house doesn't change by next spring. Interest no, rates right. are not going to be back down to 3% by spring. And you're still going right. to have capital gains in the spring. On a primary home? If it's two years? Oh, you haven't held it yet two years. No. What's the two-year yeah, mark? Two years March of 2023. Oh, that's the deal. Okay. That was the deal. Yeah. Okay. And what is his basis that he thinks he's due this money right now when it wasn't the agreement? Uh, he wants me to quit claim the title over to him and 
him and me instead of just me. And because I won't do that, then he's calling for all of his money back. Yeah, but that wasn't the deal. So he just thinks he can just change deals whenever he wants. Yeah. Even if they're handshake deals, right? Yeah. So he just makes up crap as he, he wakes up in the morning and goes, I want a different thing, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm curious. Do you think he's hurting financially right now? Uh, I think he is. Um, he also has, um, he's going to get a kidney transplant. So I think he's getting worried that um, I, if anything happens to him in the surgery, that I would keep his money. Mm. Okay. So the Because you're thing- absolutely that woman. I mean, you just keep people's <laughs> money all the time. This guy's a clown show, man. Um, well, we have a son together, and it would just go to our son. Well, hypothetically. But, you know. I wonder if he's bluffing, Dave, because he's hurting financially. He doesn't want to accrue a bunch of legal fees. So you owe six seventy five. It's worth what? One point two million. Okay. Um, so here's what I would I tell. Here's a- what I would tell him. Number one, I would go hire an attorney, and I would spend two thousand dollars on that, and give somebody two or five thousand dollar retainer, and say, um, "Okay, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to punch this guy's lights out." All right, let's start with that, and then when he, when he wakes up from getting punched in the face, metaphorically speaking, um, then what we'll do is we'll say, "Listen, if you really want out of this, our deal was real clear. House was in my name. That was our deal. It was going to sell in March. That was our deal. You're freaking out over your kidneys." And if you want to change the deal and you want to be bought out early, you're going to, you're going to have to do it at a discount. I'll give you a hundred grand. Okay. And I'll go borrow that on a home equity loan. Mm -hmm. And then you sit on this puppy and move it in the spring. Mm -hmm. So let me just throw in, I'm going to, I'm going to play Dr. John Deloney for a second. This guy's been pulling your strings a lot of years, and he kind of enjoys it, and you've been letting him get away with it, and I'm listening to you acquiesce to him on this call. Yeah, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. Instead, I think this is the time it changes. This is the time you decide, "Uh uh-uh, I'm done with you. By the way, you're the ex-husband for a reason, because you were this twerp. That's why we call you ex, Okay. And so you don't get to call stuff in my life. You don't get to make up stuff. You don't get to jerk me around anymore. And, oh, by the way, everybody out there listening, don't go in business deals with your ex. Just there's a reason they're an ex. So, you know, this is a simple, simple equation. So, yeah, yeah Lisa, this is you're, you're just really a sweet person. And I'm more pissed off at him right now than you are. And that's weird. So you need to you need to metaphorically double up your fist and say throw your shoulders back and say uh-uh i'm done the days of you pushing this little lisa around is done so here's what you get bubba nothing but an attorney bill or if you're freaking out you want to be a bozo you want to continue to be a clown show i'll buy you out for a hundred if you don't want to do that let's fight because by the time you get to court it's gonna be spring dumb butt you know you're not even going to get your money on you know, any sooner by going to court unless he intimidates your butt with this. That's the only way he's getting money. This does not go to trial before spring. Not a chance. The courts are all backed up with COVID right now. It does not go to trial that fast. So you need a good attorney and someone that will give you enough information that gives you some courage 
and um, and the, you need to put this guy in a completely different box than you've ever put him in before in how you handle him going forward on issues related to your son. Because other than that, you shouldn't have any further relationship with this guy at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call his bluff. It's that simple. I yeah. call his bluff. I think he's bluffing. Uh, as you just admitted, he's manipulated you before. He, You have the leverage. He doesn't. He will spend. He, he's not going to spend any money to fight this in court because he doesn't have a case and he knows it. No lawyer would the money. take it. I don't think he's got that either. That's my point. Yeah. I, I'd call his bluff. Um, I'd hate to see you take out a, a home equity line of credit when you could at least draw a line in the sand and say, "No." Nah. If you can buy him out and at you know six, yeah, sixty-five sure. cents on the dollar, I'll well, buy him out. Yeah, I get it. You want you want out early? You know, there's a cost with that. But if you want to stay in the deal, this is what it is. But here's the thing. He's not going to get any money unless you give it to him in any scenario before spring. Yeah. Unless you cave. Absolutely. That's the line. Yeah. Because he can't get it through courts that fast. This is the Ramsey Show. Selling author, Ramsey personality, Ken Coleman, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Austin's in Springfield, Illinois. Hey, Austin, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, hey, Dave. Hey, Ken. You guys are rock stars. How are you doing today? Better than we deserve, sir. How can we help? Oh, pretty good. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of background. I'm 26 years old, a um, couple years out of school, just started a new career about three months ago. Um, absolutely love it. And I just feel like I have a lot going on in my life right now. And I have um, an inheritance of about $600,000 that my grandmother left me. She was um, she was kind of my Dave mentor before I discovered you, before my roommate showed me um, your podcast and whatnot. But uh, so I'm 100% debt-free, never had debt ever before. And um, I'm looking to buy a house within the next six to 12 months. And I don't know if I should be looking at the 150, 250, 350 range, if I should put 100% down, if I should try and convert this non-retirement to a Roth. Um, that's where the money's invested. It's invested in the Vanguard Index 500 mm-hmm. um, non-retirement account. Okay. You can't convert it all to a Roth. Okay. Yeah. It's not an option. So okay. that's not an option. So the only question is, how much do you leave invested? How much do you spend on the house? And, of course, we're going to tell you to pay cash for the house. You knew that. And I got a feeling mm-hmm. your grandmother would tell you to pay cash for the house. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we'll honor her memory with uh, with, your, you, with your actions here. So whatever price range home you buy, um, you pay cash for, and the rest of this is investments for the future, obviously, and for other things. Uh, you said you got a lot going on, so you got a new job. Uh, you've got this chunk of money that's kind of come at you and it's a little bit kind of blows your mind a little bit that you got that laying there. There's a little bit of a stress around it, probably uh, like, Oh God, I gotta, I gotta be careful with this. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. 
So what else is going on? What else makes you a lot going on? Well, I'm newly single, and I'm just trying to make the right move with this money. I want to convert it out of that non-retirement somehow, whether that's invested in real estate. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty ambitious person. I've, I've always dreamed about getting into rental properties, um, but I don't know. I, I kind of did the math on an Excel spreadsheet, and it's really difficult to <laughs> outperform just a regular mutual fund that, you know, 12% a year unless you're really good at, um, you know, buying at the right price and things like that. And I feel like I would only be, you know, average. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think the first thing is you decide on a home. You newly single, you get been through a divorce. No, no, just, um, a breakup. Just a breakup. Okay. All right. Yep. Cool. Well, I, I think, um, you're buying a bachelor pad. Um, yep. so, um, the thing I would recognize when you're buying this property is that if when you do meet someone in the future and uh, they become your wife, you will discover that you've bought the wrong house, and you get to make you get to tra- trade it in for one that she thinks is a better idea. Um, so this is just for you for a few years here, uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Statistically speaking, I'm not saying you have to follow that path, but. Um, you know that that so uh, buy something that's um, uh, conservative and that would be easy to resell, and that you get some joy out of in the short term. And that could okay. be a, that could be a and, condo in a cool location. Okay, I'm more of an acreage kind of guy. It could be some acreage then, maybe where a, you got some room. To, maybe a double wide or something. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, not a double wide. No, that goes down in value. We're buying things that go up in value. But yeah, if you get some acreage, that's fine, and a little cabin on it or something. That as long as it's something that you can visualize reselling easily, it's not a, such a weird property that it's hard to sell. Yeah. Are you handy, and, Austin? And, like, would you do some of the work in, in some of this yeah. this future? See, I wonder, Dave, if if this is a chance for him to go, all right, I got to learn how to do this. You learned how to do it. Buying the right house, could he buy something in the 150 or less yeah. that has a lot of potential that it's his, he's got some acreage, it's still the bachelor pad, it's not a dump. I wonder if he could kind of ease into this because he's paying cash and yeah. it becomes an yeah. investment property. Whatever you're going to do, pay cash. And as far as the investment rentals go later, take your time and don't pay full price. You don't make money on rental real estate that you pay full price for. It's the returns, as you said, the returns are not good on that. So um, I simply do not buy investment real estate at appraised value, period. I just don't do it. Um, I say I don't. There's very rare exceptions. I think at one time I did. But, you know, but the numbers just don't work mm-hmm. because you're paying your you know, your return on investment when you pay cash for it is not great enough to screw with it. Um, you're better off, as he said, to do mutual funds usually. But a p- well-purchased piece of property, including its future appreciation, including its tax deductions due to depreciation, those three things together called the internal rate of return will far exceed the uh, rate of return on mutual fund. But it's a lot more hassle, too. So is there a price take your range? Time. Dave, is there a price range if you were giving some advice and they had cash and they did it the way that we teach? And so they, is there a price range where you can get deals right now or is every basic size, if you look at your, you know, 1,500 square feet, 25, 35, whatever, is there a price range or a certain size that's a good deal? None at all. Bargains are not on every corner. Got it. You can can find a bargain. You always can find a bargain, but they're harder and harder to find in a a market this hot. And the market is, even though it's slowed down, is still very, very hot. Mm -hmm. 
Grant's in Baltimore. Hey, Grant, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, how are you doing today? Great, man. What's up? Oh, not too much. So, uh, calling because I've got a you know somewhat similar of a question. The way that you turned it to at the end, I'm a you know sell real estate. I'm a younger guy, and uh, you know have a good amount of cash saved up, make a you know decent living. How much and, cash? Uh, I've let a couple of uh, about six hundred thousand dollars. Way to go! Um, good for you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I've let a couple investments you know, go by that, you know, I live at home with my parents, you know, cause we work out of the house. And, uh, if I'm going to hold on to the place for, you know, basically forever for the full 27 years of, uh, depreciation, does it make sense for me to buy something now and pay a little bit more knowing that I'm going to hold on to it and not be, you know, a thousand dollars positive a month. No, just cause you know, okay. That's what we were just talking about. Don't buy yeah. investment property and pay full price for it. Yeah. Take your time. Okay. Take your time. Okay. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm okay if you're going to buy a home to live in and you pay retail for it. That's not the end of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but it, you know, you're, you, you have nothing pushing you here except just your ambition. Yeah. And so just the money in real estate is made at the buy. That's when you make yeah. your money in real estate, at the buy. And then you collect it monthly. Okay. And you collect it big time on the resale someday. But the money is made at the buy. I bought a bunch of stuff in 2008 for 15, 20 cents on the dollar. And man, don't you think I'm smiling right now on that stuff because of what I paid for it because the 2008 crash, right? I got, it was a bar, it was bargain city, man. It was everywhere. And, um, I only turned one of those pieces of property and it was a dump and it's still a dump. The guy that bought it from me, it's still a dump. It was a nasty piece of commercial, but, um, my son-in-law Winston hated that property. <laughs> he manages our property. He's like, I hate this building. I said, you, it's a building. You're not allowed to hate buildings. Yeah, it's just a fair. piece of concrete. Yeah, they didn't he do goes, No, I hate this building. Mm. When I drive near it, my heart rate changes. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's get rid of it. So we sold it. But anyway, that most of the time you buy it and you hold it, but it's even sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. And your cash on cash returns, all those kinds of things that you're looking at are based on the buy. The money in real estate is made at the buy so do not pay only buy investment real estate where you're paying cash and do not under any circumstances pay full price for it just take your time yeah take your time yeah i you know years ago i was buying ken back in oh God, 40 years ago i was buying properties that's what i did for a living then um i was i would buy some from this little local bank and I, the guy called me up one day, and he goes, hey, I, I've got a guy that's in a situation he needs to get rid of this house. And I went, okay. And he goes, you know, Ramsey, you're a vulture. And I went, yeah. And he goes, but you're the nicest vulture. I oh, know. the nice kind, yes. So I'm the nice kind of vulture. Right. But, yeah. I'm, but I'm always circling, and I'm patient. Right? Swooping in to help people. I'm just I'm Not swooping in. Kill. That's it. No that's road, no road kill involved. <laughs> the nicest of the vultures. <laughs> this is the Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? It's your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.